What are we talking about? Um, Art? Yeah, so first okay. off, uh, oh, actually. First off, start with your name. Just Dan PV. Okay. Um, and what do you do? Currently, I'm the managing director for Better Film Schools and Your Process, but I'm also a visual artist and filmmaker. Yeah. So, um, like, I, I know from, like, just, like, interacting with you, like, before that you used to do a lot more art stuff, and then you stepped into, like, teaching. What decided, what made you, like, what made you want to switch over to teaching more? So, um, I've always taught um, since I finished grad school. Mm -hmm. When I was, like, 24, <laughs> I started teaching. Um, I always taught on the side, like part-time, I would come in as a teaching artist, the same way that we have people like Beanie come in, or other instructors that we have at DFS, yeah. that come in just to teach a class when they leave, they're not here full-time. So, I had my studio practice then, so yeah. I would be in my studio, and then I would teach a class, and then go back to the studio. Um, in 2014, I had my oldest daughter, Gigi. <laughs> Um, and so at that point, um, I was still true, you know, still had my practice, still was doing residencies, even was doing a residency when I walked into this job at Better Film School. But I think for me, like being a mom, being a new mom, um, had a second child in 2016, so being I mean, two kids, two years apart, two yeah. babies essentially for the past few years. It's just been incredibly difficult to to do all things, right? Yeah. And so I think for me, it was also at the same time, my husband's career was really taking off. What does he do? So my husband is a filmmaker, also he's a producer. Okay. Um, so as here, his career has taken off. He's had to be in LA basically um, for us to avoid moving to LA. Mm -hmm. He basically has to spend half of his time in LA. So then it was me being a new mom at home with two babies with a husband that was in LA half the time. It was just entirely too much. Um, so it made sense for me to kind of um, really spend a lot of time doing what the other thing that I love, which is teaching and education and film education. Um, for me to come to get a film school right now in my life, this is perfect. This is an opportunity for me to work with up-and-coming artists, to be able to teach everything that I know, um, but also still being in the space that I love. And yeah. then as my life, as my kids get a little older, as you know, my life shifts a little bit, I'll probably go back to my practice in a more uh, full-time capacity. But like right now, what I'm doing feels right for this moment in my life. Okay, so what exactly... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like, what exactly was it that you were doing before? Um, in my art practice? Yeah. Uh, so I went to film school, and then I went to art school. Um, and so the work that I was creating, they were films, I was making films, but I was doing them in the form of an installation. Um, my films were not traditionally, like, narrative. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of storytelling, a lot of confessional style videos, um, a lot of creating works that spoke to each other, so like they weren't projected projection on one wall, one projection on another wall. Like and the new museum? Yeah, the new museum, I just did a residency with the new museum. Um, nice. When I started working here, I was in a two-year residency with the new museum, but um, you can find that sort of um, video installation work in a lot of contemporary art museums throughout the city. Um, so my work was mostly that, I also did a lot of performance art. Um, can you explain exactly what a residency is? So a residency is a really great opportunity for young filmmakers or visual artists. It generally, they're all very different, but generally speaking, you are given a studio, yeah. right? You're given a place to work, hopefully free of charge, <laughs> generally. Um, and in a space that is with other artists. Um, which is great like when you're trying to develop a new body of work and you need somewhere to go um, where you can think and you can produce and you can interact with other creative people. Um, it's just like a really great place to, to begin your career. I think all young artists should be recognized. Yeah. That's how you meet people. 
how you make curators, that's how you make programmers, and that's how you get your work out there. So it's just basically like like a studio that you go to that like a lot of people are happening happening to use them at the same time. Yeah, so a lot of uh, residencies in the city, maybe they have like five studios available and you apply and you become one of those five artists that gets a free studio for maybe six months, maybe a year. Mm. Um, and you spend your time there working and developing your work and, and generally um, the residency will have opportunities for you to present your work to the public or opportunities for you to meet curators or, or writers and new people to just engage around the ideas in your work. Yeah. So like all right, so when uh, so when say like the new museum or something commissioned you, they basically have you come in and do work, like just there. Right. So I did um, a program called New Ink at the new museum. Um, kind of like a residency for people whose work kind of is at the intersection of art and technology, art design and technology. Most of them when they were working in that space. Um, so you were given a space to work. You could go there anytime and work, but there were also workshops. Um, they also make introductions for you. You know, just like, hey, I've got this project that I'm looking for a producer. Okay, well, let me introduce you to this person. Yeah. Or, hey, I've got this project. I want to get it into this festival. Oh, well, I know the programmer in that film festival. Why don't you talk? So it's about making introductions. It's all about networking and making introductions, right? Okay. And, and also having a place. So who's some people that you've met through these studios? Oh, a ton. Um, basically, almost everybody I know in the art world I've met um, through these sort of residencies. I've done quite a few of them at this point. Yeah. Um, and that's basically how I amassed my whole this like network. You know, you meet people through school, through college, through grad school, and doing residencies and doing shows. We do these huge group shows, and then you generally meet all the artists in those. Like what shows. other artists and you, like y'all just all make a full film together or something? Um. So like in the art world, like generally like a space say the Brooklyn Museum, right, would be like, oh, we're doing an exhibition around these ideas, and they'll curate maybe 20 different artists who they think work ties into these ideas and these themes that they want to discuss, um, and then they show all 20 artists working the show, and then the 20 artists working the show generally get to meet each other and interact with each other, and a lot of times you, you're in the same shows with the same people quite a bit. <laughs> Um, I think particularly as a black woman of color, you tend to be put in shows with <laughs> the same black yeah. woman of color uh, on a consistent basis. Um, so you do meet each other very quickly, uh, support each other very quickly, um, and you build community in that way. So like, would you say you have, like that has built you this network of other like artists, like of other like black artists that like, you know, you go to first for things like that? Yeah, definitely. You definitely have a net, we build a network. We build, it's about, a community building is probably like the best way to put it. Mm -hmm. um, particularly if you are of color, um, because there probably are not as many of you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you get to know each other very quickly, like I said, and there are a lot of shows around themes of race, themes of representation themes of gender, mm -hmm. um, and so you tend, if your work is in that lane, then you tend to be in the same shows with people, you know what okay. I mean, that makes sense? Um, you tend to see each other at the studio museum openings every, you know, six to eight weeks when the show turns over, everybody's yeah. there, you know, there are just places where everybody is, um, and that's how... Yeah, you build know, those connections. That community and those connections. That's kind of cool. Um, so like, how like, how often? Not that much, but like more so. What's the process of like? Um, so you're just sitting at home one day, and the new museum calls you, and asks you like, do you want a two-year contract with us? Right? No, that's not at all how it, how it works generally. Generally, you apply for things, mm -hmm. and then eventually you get to a point where people do call you. But in the beginning, you're applying. In the beginning, you just apply for everything. I feel like when I was in grad school, I feel like a professor said, apply for 20 things and you'll get one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that was really kind of the rate in the first like, couple of years out of school. And then, obviously, as you get more well-known and people start to know your work, then you, know, start you, yeah, you start getting 
you know, these hacks are things you apply to, and then like, you know, even more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, definitely you have to go out and create those opportunities. No one's calling you in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> no one's knocking on your door like, hey, I heard you're an artist. Um, generally, you have to go out there and create that space for yourself. So you're sending applications in for these residencies. They have open calls um, a lot of times. They take applications around the same time of year every year. Um, and like I said, and then you're, once you have a network, then your friends will tell you, your peers will tell you, your peers will begin to recommend you to Yeah, and they'll tell you when new things are coming up. Exactly. Okay. And that's why the community, again, I can't say that enough, but it becomes like the most important part of having a successful community, a successful career rather, is having those people that you can go to for advice, support, um, opportunities, all of those stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so back to the whole grad school thing, you went to college, you went to film school, right? Like you went to college for film. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that like with a lot of young artists nowadays, uh, young filmmakers, they're kind of wary about uh, going to school for film because it could just, you're not sure how like, much is gonna pan out. Like, so I know I specifically would and probably gonna go to college for like business or law instead of for uh, film, just because I'm not sure how sure it is. Right, so um, could you like speak to that a little bit? Sure. Um, I think that the film industry in particular, probably more so than a degree, as a visual arts like studio <laughs> degree, uh, film is probably the most sure that you can get. Um, yeah. Even more so than other people who are like, I'm, gonna, I'm not sure about film, I'm gonna major in psychology. I'm like, I don't know that that's better. Like that's not that There's not gonna guarantee you a job anymore than a film yeah. degree will. <laughs> Um, I don't know what the fear is about. I really don't get it. Um, I really don't understand it. Uh, again, and a lot of times we say this in class, people don't really hear us, but like when you look at a film and you look at all those credits, those are jobs. Like yeah. every person whose name is listed at the end of a film, that's a job. Um, and sure, if you want to be a writer, director, sure that's a tough load. Um, possible. Because like possible. everybody wants to be a star. Like everybody wants to be the biggest the biggest name in the credits. Um, so like. Well, sure. If you want to be the biggest name in the credits, that's hard. It's difficult. Yeah. It's a difficult road. Um, but that's also being like, I'm gonna work at the top law firm <laughs> in New York City yeah. and be a partner. That's hard. You know. So like, anytime you're trying to be at the top of anything, that's always gonna be hard, right? But there are tons of jobs along the way, right? So particularly in film because you need business managers, you need people who are in business, you need lawyers. Mm -hmm. But in the creative spaces, you need editors, you need people who are in the union, physics and graphics and electric. Um, You need makeup artists, you need costume designers, you need architects to build sets, you need everything. I mean, (laughs) So there's a way to work within that space. And then also like you're coming up in an amazing time where like, you know, when I was, myself here but like when I was going to film school like Netflix was like DVDs it was I don't even think it was streaming yet yeah so we had Netflix but it was like you had to get the DVDs by mail um, YouTube was like brand new like social media was brand new mm-hmm. like it wasn't you know what I mean like the, what you guys have now access to the ability to promote yourself with social media, the ability to like have fame and make a complete name for yourself by the time you're like 18. <laughs> um, we didn't have any of that. Um, also like all these platforms like Amazon, Hulu, Netflix. So there's just so many platforms for you to be able to create and produce content um, that didn't exist when I was coming out. So there's just so much more at your disposal. You guys can do anything. It's <laughs> yeah. almost like no rules with the Wild West in a way, which is good and bad. Um, but I think you guys have a lot more flexibility, so I don't know why there's fear. I mean, I feel like, when, especially when it comes to young creatives, everything's just so saturated. Like, everybody's trying to be like a young, like, I don't know, everybody's trying to be like a young Edgar Wright or something, where they're trying to just handle all these things, which is why, like, um, some of the more, like, not film to not too film related job like the more business and law or the costume design type stuff is like what you get with like a lot of people i see like 
moving towards just because like there's a lot less competition so like i don't know um i think it's just interesting to see the people who um just interesting to see like the people's their paths people take to get to where they want to be and like as compared to where they started you know what I mean? Like, how did you, like, yeah, what did you want to be? And how did that, like, pan out through school? Um, I think when I was at the high school, I was more interested in, like, writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was definitely, like, a kid that would then do things like writing short stories. You know, like, the classic. Same. Okay, great. <laughs> so, um, so I was really into writing. Um, took a photography class because all these like high school film media programs didn't exist back then. They definitely didn't exist in Ohio where I grew up. Um, so I had taken a photography class, really loved that. Mm-hmm. My mom had given me a 35 millimeter film camera. We had a dark room in my high school. Um, so I really loved the book and I really struggled. I was like, oh, do I want to major in like writing or do I want to like major in photography? And I was like, oh, I'm not going to do either. I'm going to study the film, right? Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. Um, so then, never having made a film before in my life, I just decided, well, what's the best film school? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that I really want to go all the way to California, so what's the best film school on the East Coast? NYU. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find NYU. And you just got in? I got in. <laughs> so, but with then never having made a film ever. Yeah. Um, but at that point, you could do that because the technology wasn't really there. Yeah, I mean, and it wasn't had, as many like, people. These, like, what is, I forget what you would call it, tight video cameras or whatever back then. Mm-hmm. But people weren't really shooting DV that much back then either. It wasn't like, and then forget, like the, like we barely had cell phones. So it was like no, like we weren't shooting and we were getting our iPhone. Like yeah. there was no such thing as an iPhone. Um, so I submitted a short story and had um, like kind of storyboarded it with photography and got it. And I feel like you could do that today and get it to NYU. I feel like they would be super impressed. They would be like, what? Old school, yeah. we love that. Um, so I did get in, um, and then went, and I had an amazing, amazing experience, but I think, um... Wait, but like, you didn't... I mean, the interesting... Me and you have talked about this with college all the time. You weren't worried about, like, just the huge debt of going to NYU? No. I mean, so the thing about... I got a considerable amount of money, because, again, I was a nerd in high school. I had, like, a 3.9 GPA. Like, I was a nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I had parents that like accepted nothing other than me being a nerd. So <laughs> I had no choice but to be a nerd. Um, so I had the grades. Um, it, it was expensive, but not as, I got a lot of money from NYU. It's funny, I don't know that they give that much money these days. Definitely not, no. Yeah, I got a ton of money. Um, <laughs> came away with minimal debt actually, from NYU. I, a lot of my debt comes from grad school, but I didn't have a lot of debt from the undergrad. But I think that is truly the way to escape college debt, is to really, like, be, it's like high school, you just gotta do it. You just gotta really like buckle down and like do it. Yeah. <laughs> and do it well. And most people I feel like can do it well, it's just laziness. It's not that you're like not understanding the work. It's just, it's just lazy. Yeah. Um, but I think that was a big reason why Also, it wasn't as expensive back then either as it is now. Yeah. <laughs> so now that's absolutely insane. I mean, like, I feel like this film has just become like, like it hasn't like moved like leaps and bounds, but just like the stuff people are able to do with no money. Yep. Has has like definitely come a long way. So it's just like, I don't know, like, I mean, not to say it wasn't um, like hard now, but like I, like a lot of people who I know. Who like worked like are trying to get into different film schools have to have like, oh like I've shot like twenty films and I've done this and I've done that and I've writing all of this, but like I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I don't even think they're looking for that. I actually think they're looking more for writing and yeah. creativity than they are. Oh my god, I have this like drone shot in my movie. It's like anybody can make a drone shot. You know, what I mean anybody yeah. can like pick up a drone and like operate it, but not everybody has great ideas and like that creativity and that imagination. I think that's really probably what they're looking for more than anything else. Um, I'm not an admissions director for, I am for Get Up Film School, yeah. <laughs> but not for NYU. Um, but I think that, yeah, for sure, when I went to film school, um, 
Yeah, it was like a luxury to major in film because you were shooting on. We I shot on film at NYU. I edited on a flatbed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we I shot fifteen millimeter movies, and that's not what people are doing today. So yeah, um, it's much more uh, you know accessible and available for people to just pick up like up their phone and make a movie, and people are doing that. And like, what's the name of that movie that won a bunch of awards and was shot on an iPhone? Tangerine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Like when it when it happened the first time, it was really really cool. Like, cause nobody had ever heard of it before. Right. But like, if it happened now, it's lame, right? Yeah, it's not <laughs> lame, but it's like, all right, we've seen this before. Right. So you gotta like, do something like, cutting it's, edge. It's yeah. Gimmicky a little bit. Yeah. Um, unless it's like really the purpose of the film. There's this really great um, film came out of South Africa called I think High Fantasy. That was shot on an iPhone, but it made sense that it was shot on an iPhone. It was like a road trip film, and mm-hmm. it was through the point of view of one of the characters. So it makes it like almost like she was like a found the footage movie. film, hmm? like a found footage film. You know, I, mean, I don't know if it was like found footage so much as like they were on a road trip, and sh- she was like filming them on the mm-hmm. road trip. So it was all through kind of like the lens of her camera. Do you understand what I'm saying? It made sense. I mean, yeah, yeah. It made like, sense I, for that movie. Yeah, that totally, totally makes sense. Yeah, another movie, like, I, I don't know. If that Paranormal was, like, Activity. Yeah. As above, so below. Right. It's kind of like, well, why? Um, but, yeah. Because movies yeah, like so. that are, like, super, like, I don't know. They, a, they look way cheaper just because they are way cheaper to make just because, like, you could get away with not having a lot of stuff. And B... It's gimmicky, and it, like, forces too much. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. Like, um, my whole thing with applying to all of these film programs and film schools now is that it's like, goes back to the whole, like, you got to do something new or cutting edge or something. Like, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to, but it's like, if you don't have something to separate you from the pack, it's, this, they're, like, there is still a point in applying, but, like, Truly believing that you're gonna make it is like a little, is a little bit of a long shot. You know what I mean? Mm. Like <clears throat> something like like when I applied to GFS, mm-hmm. like I like I didn't think I was gonna get in because I did your interview, didn't I? Yeah, I think I did actually, your interview. Yeah. Like three years ago. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't think I was gonna get in. No, but more so on the strength of like the. Because y'all had us fill out a bunch of questions, like, if you could write a story based on this, this, and this, mm-hmm. and, like, send them in. Like, just based on that, I was, like, I felt so average. So I was, like, whatever. And then, like, then with the interview, I also felt like, like, all the exercises and such, I just felt like I wasn't doing anything too new. Mm-hmm. So then, I don't it just raises the question of, like, if you're not doing anything new, what's the point of even trying it? But, like. I think a lot of times what people are looking for, right? Well, first of all, I I think all the time, the thing that people have to have the most just to get through life Mm -hmm. (laughs) anyway is confidence, right? If you don't have confidence, then it shows, right? You don't come off like somebody who knows what they're talking about. Why am I listening to you? you So there's a level of confidence, not arrogance, but confidence, right? Believing in yourself, believing in your abilities, believing that you have something to say. Despite wherever you come from, despite whatever your grades might be, um, despite what the world says about you, just believing that you have purpose and you have value and you have something to say. Um, but I think also, like, we, I know for Ghetto Film School, we tend to look for kids who are curious, kids who ask a lot of questions, yeah, um, kids who are open, kids who don't think they know everything (laughs) (laughs) kids who are willing to like learn and absorb and take in lots of different ideas um and i think that to me is more interesting than somebody who can perfectly answer like an essay question you know what i mean it's like okay that's great but like what else is there you know yeah somebody a little bit different from like a regular school what is like what is what are you thinking about what are your ideas like what are you curious about what do you want to learn what do you want to know like you know, who are you as a human being? You know, I think yeah. it's also like more interesting. And that's why we do the interviews because paper can never really give you that. Yeah. Do you right? feel like it's like that with um, applying for like, say, studios and things like that? Studio, like residency? Yeah. Like that? where, like, they're not looking for somebody, they're looking for somebody unique. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think it's different. I think 
every first of all every residency is looking for something different mm -hmm. every day all have different requirements but i think you know definitely people are looking for uh, who's new who's got something interesting to say who's doing something in a different way mm -hmm. that we haven't seen before um but who like I mean, a part of it is going to be like, what have you done already? You know what I mean? But part of it is also like, I tell, I tell roster members that go to film school this all the time. Um, when you're on a panel, when somebody asks you to be on like an admissions committee or a panel to award funds or a film festival programmer or anybody who is curating a group of people together for a residency, mm -hmm. a, a selection of films for a festival, a selection of films or artwork for a grant for money, right? Like those people that are on that panel are human at the end of the day, right? And this is not their, sometimes it is their full-time job. Sometimes it's not their full-time job. Yeah. <laughs> and so these people at the end of the day, they're exhausted, right? Maybe they have children. Maybe they have a husband or a wife. Maybe they've got a sick parent. Mm -hmm. Maybe they themselves are sick. And you want them to look at your work and you want them to choose you for an opportunity. And they've got a pile to the sky of applicants. How do you stand out in that pile when the person is exhausted, tired, maybe just wants to go to bed, maybe just wants to play with their child, mm -hmm. right? How do you get past that? How do you make someone say to stop and be like, oh my God, this is amazing, right? That's what you have to do, Yeah. right? So you're not sending in something that's average that they're going to be like, oh, okay, and another one, and another one. They're just trying to get through it and go to sleep, right? You have to really make something that's going to make somebody like stop in the middle of their day, and the next day they're going to remember what they saw, and they're going to be thinking about it for the next few days, and they're going to tell somebody else, oh my God, I saw this really amazing piece that was mm -hmm. in this pile of like 200 applications that I had, but this one, it stood out to me, and I can't stop thinking about it. That's who you have to be. <laughs> so if you're not producing something that's doing that for someone, then yeah. Stop. And but like at the very <laughs> least, you gotta like believe that what you're doing. Well, do right, that. exactly. Yeah. But you have you, well, if you don't believe it yourself, then how's somebody else gonna believe it? Yeah, of course. <laughs> so that's the thing. It's like you know, you've got to know what else is out there. You got to know the history of film or cinema or art, whatever it is that you're producing. You got to know what's already been produced. Yeah. Right, so that you can be adding to the conversation and not just continuing the same conversation, but like saying something new. Okay. Right? Don't you hate when you're in class and somebody says something and then somebody else just raises their hand and says the exact same thing and you're like, that person just said that? No, but like, I feel like. <laughs> so you wanna add, you're gonna be yeah. adding to the conversation. I feel like more so when it comes to like schooling and stuff, like even with like film school, is like you're just kind of learning the same thing different ways. And like, that's the most like, boring part of it because like uh I, again i feel like we learn a lot and like a lot of it's like just hands-on in general because like mm -hmm. filmmaking at the end of the day to be good at filmmaking not to be good but to be like better than average at least it's just a practice over and over and over again and kind of find your own groove because like if you're an artist like there's no perfect way to do it that's why you can't be objectively amazing at it mm -hmm. but like to get the techniques down it's just practice mm -hmm. but um which is why I feel like when you're just exposed to, like, the same things over and over again, uh, you're just kind of running into a brick wall. Like, you're just doing, like, if, like, every day if you came into class mm -hmm. and, like, the professor had the same lesson, then there's no point in going to class anymore. You've already sat through the lesson once or twice. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not going to grasp anything new. And, like, I mean, maybe no. for certain people. <laughs> but, like, yeah. I don't know. I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, hopefully that's not, like, your educational experience. It's I mean, not no, learning no, the no, same no, no, thing no. over and over again. That's a pretty like, terrible, like, education. But I do think that there is, um, there's a saying that teachers have. Like, when you teach, you learn it twice. So mm -hmm. you, you know it even better because you're constantly teaching and reinforcing those ideas. Yeah. Um, and so I think there is sometimes value in, in repetition, but there's definitely a limit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like yeah. if you're interviewing mm -hmm. people and mm -hmm. like you just keep getting the same answers, mm -hmm. then there's like no point in like, then like the third and fourth, fifth time you hear the answer, it doesn't even matter because yeah. you're just getting the same answers. That's why you got to be, I don't know, like 
don't be like don't do crazy off the wall stuff just for the sake of it but like mm-hmm. attempt something a little different yeah yeah exactly yeah you want to be different yeah and not just i don't mean like oh you have to like figure out a way to be edgy and different because i think when it, that it's forced and then it's mm-hmm. not natural and it's not real right but I think it's about really challenging yourself to figure out how to add to a conversation, right? And how to how to have a new take on something. Yeah. And I think that that's really what people should, you know, aim to do. And those are the people who you tend to see be successful, even in the shows that you probably watch now, or if you, if you even watch content now, probably not, like, right? I yeah, mean, people I watch don't shows. watch anything. Yeah. But they're just kind of, it's not like the form, they're not inventing a new formula. They're just like adding to it. They're just kind of like being I mean, like, yeah. there's this, but like, what if I do this? Or, you know, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like adding to the conversation. Because if you go too far left, then <laughs> nobody, yeah. no one's interested in that either, right? But I think it's just always trying to add, always trying to be like, how can I like spin this a little bit? That's different. why things like um, Stranger Things works. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've only seen season one, so like okay. maybe it stops doing this. But like, it takes a lot of like, um, it's like a little derivative of mm-hmm. like other like Goonies, mm-hmm. Sandlot, stuff like that, right. plus Stephen King. Mm-hmm. But like, it does it in like so, so. It's something that us growing up, we're really, really is really familiar to us. Mm-hmm. So then when they take this like spin on it and that like, and like combine these two like completely like. Like combining a Stephen King, like combining it with the mm-hmm. Goonies, you're gonna get something really unique, especially if it's just done well. Mm-hmm. So like that's how you get, um, like just popular shows, stuff that people are exposed to, but like kind of tricking them into believing that like they've never seen it before. Mm-hmm. And like it's the same way with like music, mm-hmm. like um, popular. Um, yeah. <laughs> when Old Town Road came out. Yep. It, it, it's just like a trap song. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's the same. It's like a blend of country songs that we've all at least heard of before, or at mm-hmm. least heard stuff of that kind, and then a trap song. And we've definitely all heard that like right. this decade. So like in combining them together to make something we think is you new and unique. I mean, it's a catchy track. Like I'm yeah, not dissing Old Town Road, but like, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it tricks, when you trick people into thinking that you're giving them something new, they just tend to love it. Right. It, exactly. I think you have it exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Like he didn't totally reinvent the wheel, but he combined something together that we don't hear very often, right? Yeah. How often do you have like Billy Ray Cyrus in like a, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, a sort of like black male kind of like trap? You know what I mean? And it was the They're first time something the like that tra- got that You know popular. what I mean? Yeah. And he created conversation. There's lots of discourse around it because mm-hmm. the country side, oh, this isn't country. Well, why not? Why isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like forcing us to really look at our definitions and, it, and is there a little bit of racism in there? You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, really like it's unpacking, yeah. right? It's a little, it's unpacking all of these kind of notions, these preconceived ideas about genre that we have that maybe are not so clear. Yeah. I mean, right? Like, I feel like with filmmaking, the whole genre thing is a little bit more, um, is a little bit more interesting because, like, with music, you can at least notice, like, you know a trap song when you hear mm-hmm. it a little bit. So, like, um, but, like, with movies and stuff like that, when it comes to genres, mm-hmm. I feel like it just kind of constrains them. And mm-hmm. it puts on these, like, super weird preconceived notions onto them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay to say something. It's okay to say, like, um, Infinity War is an action movie. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's certain movies that kind of, like, blend the lines. Have you seen the new Joker? Yes. Like, what would you define that as? A character study. Okay. Okay. See, that's that's a that's an interesting <laughs> answer that like I have not heard before. Um, but like when movies like that, movies like The Joker, who like, I'm not saying that again. It's not reinventing the wheel. There's a bunch mm-hmm. of movies that are better that have done stuff like that. But just as a recent example, mm-hmm. that like um kind of blend genres and do like these old weird things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't think that you need to, like. You need you don't need to put them in a box. It's art. Okay, like if somebody like asks that. you what it is, it's a movie. <laughs> like right. watch it. Yeah. Why does it have to fit into this very specific box? I agree with that. I thought the Joker was very interesting in that, you know, it's the you hear the Joker, you think superhero. You think mm-hmm. DC comics, you think superhero movie, you know, it's Batman. 
exists in that world, yeah, right? Yeah, no, this is not no. not that, It's right? a New York movie. It's yeah. like Taxi Driver. Yeah, two. well, kind of, right? Exactly. And it's definitely like, you know, point, asking a lot of questions. Tough questions are asked in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we as humans, as, you know, citizens of the world, really have to kind of like really reflect Also, here. as like New Yorkers. New Yorkers, for sure. The thing about it is like it's taking place in Gotham or whatever, but right. like it's Gotham is New York. And right. Like yeah. in most Batman movies, but yeah. definitely in that one. Yep. So like when you watch... Um, a movie that's just about its lead character the same way, like mm-hmm. a, to the same extent that it is about its city, mm-hmm. then it, it's really like, um, I don't know, it's just really interesting, especially if you are from the city. Like, mm-hmm. of course, this is like a dram- dramatized version of it where like stuff is like a little, eh, you could argue stuff is like a little worse off in certain places and better in others, mm-hmm. but like. And in, in New York? Yeah. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, like we don't have like huge rats running down the street and stuff like that, like in that movie. But, like, right. <laughs> I don't know, like... But you could feel their presence in that yeah. movie. <laughs> you didn't see them on screen, but you knew they were there. Yeah, because, like, <laughs> they mention it a good three or four times. And it's like, I don't right. know. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, another film, I remember when it came out, having many, like, arguments with people about, um, like, Get Out. Okay. And what genre that film was also. It's a comedy. Well, so I had somebody tell me it was a horror film, and I was like, clearly it's a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> clearly this is a comedy. Yeah, it's but like I wonder, political satire. But the person satire. who I was talking to was not a black person. Okay. So I wondered if they were afraid to say that it was a comedy. Is that, like, something that, you know, like you I mean, can only claim if you're, like, black? And to, to I actually mean, because it's an important laughing, movie. laughing, that you have actually yeah. laughed hysterically <sighs> through this film? I didn't know. This is asking this question. I haven't yeah. com- like completely determined that's what it is yet. But I always find people will call it a horror film because they're like, oh, it was so horrible. I'm like, I, was, I thought it was, like, the most hilarious There's thing There's seen. certain like, things was, in that movie that, like, I don't think get enough credit for being mm-hmm. pretty tongue-in-cheek. Mm-hmm. And that make it a comedy. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's just, like, political. It's, like, social commentary. Mm-hmm. It's, not like, a little heavy-handed. Yeah. But, right. like, I mean, mm-hmm. like, most political commentaries about made by black people about black mm-hmm. people are pretty heavy-handed. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Like, it, but that one, I think, is a little bit easier because it's one, it's either genre one or two. Yeah, like, because, yeah. like, like people would two answers nobody's really yeah. it definitely wasn't was it a romantic comedy <laughs> yeah because it had elements of each <laughs> um yeah i mean i think that's good i think that's what we need right now i think that yeah i think it's it, it's about time that we start thinking outside of these boxes and kind yeah. of just like make work to make work but i think systems have a hard time you because know like, how do you market this if it's not yeah. How do you do merchandising around the Joker? Can you? I mean, I don't know. Like the thing about, <laughs> like the thing about, you like, could do that. The thing about movies now is like, yeah, like obviously not all movies, but like more like movie, like theatrical, like large budget movies that were like getting exposed a lot of time. Is that like they're usually just based off of just like either again something we've seen before but reinvented or like just like an already an already made character or something like that because mm-hmm. that's just a way to make sure for a fact that people are going to go in and watch it right well i mean it's hollywood they've got a bottom line yeah right? they've got to make money um which is really, why we have like eight star wars movies nine star wars movies yeah 10 yeah. actually mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean it's all about money at the end of the day i mean they're pumping a lot of money into the film they've got to make it back yeah right that's just basic business 101 right mm-hmm. um you've got to turn a profit um so i don't know i think it, it's i mean people are gonna have to decide how you know what kind of artist are you do you want to exist in that system um but i think joker for me is a really great kind of example of how you can exist in that system but mm-hmm. also make something really powerful and really meaningful that's not the typical film that you you know what I and mean like, I it's feel unexpected right yeah. I mean it's just like it's a great example I, I'm very curious to see what the box office numbers are I haven't looked at them um, um, opening weekend it made like 93 million dollars what was the budget like five 93 million five what million for the Joker yeah I'm pretty sure the budget was like five million I mean, I remember hearing when it was coming out that the budget was like five million. Five million. Yeah, 
and then it that definitely made like it's not a typical it was warner bros high like warner best brothers. opening weekend movie well warner brothers do they make films for five million dollars i think <laughs> so. i've ever seen that from them that they would make a five million dollar they might have spent like budget. a good amount on like marketing um like ghostbusters did where they spent like more money marketing on advertising than they did with um not not ghostbusters the first one but 2016 55 million dollar budget 55 million wow all right I was yeah because i'm like warner brothers is not they don't wake up for five million dollars yeah. <laughs> 55 I mean, million dollars even that's that's still a low budget yeah. for warner brothers um but they pulled oh 258.1 million worldwide that was a day ago so the film has been out for a week now right yeah oh excuse me um, yeah, it just hit a week today. I saw it. So Did you see it open on weekend? I saw it in Toronto at the festival in early September. Really? Yes. Uh, I heard um, in my last interview. Those I are had good numbers. Here. So yeah. this is, this is, but I'm saying this is hopefully promising in terms of like, I don't know, this will probably be seen as some sort of exception. But I think um, maybe it'll open the door for other conversations around you know, different types of films that yeah. can be produced by the Hollywood machine that don't have to always I be. mean, like, it's... But it's still within the superhero realm. I mean, let's not get past that. Like, it, you know, it's DC Comics. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's a huge character. The Joker is one of the more, the most well-known characters. Um, yeah, in comic book history, right. easily. So it's got all that marketing behind it already. You don't really have to do much marketing. You just say joke. Everybody knows yeah. <laughs> exactly what you're you talking about. Just say that it's coming out. Right. So they have that already. Um, but hopefully that does open doors for the different types of films that can be made. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. like, I remember when Black Panther was coming out. Like, mm -hmm. earlier he was just saying something about how it's like a non-linear movie or, mm -hmm. like, just how it's just not your average regular regular superhero movie. I remember when Black Panther was coming out and it was getting so much hype behind it. Mm -hmm. And like, I remember like really hoping like, wouldn't it be so cool if like the black superhero movie, like we have like Blade and we have like, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't think of anything. There's definitely a few others. Mm -hmm. um, but like, wouldn't it be cool if like, like all black cast, all black crew and stuff. Like, wouldn't it be cool if this was like a really interesting like character study, especially considering like, that the character was already introduced in a previous movie, mm. but like it ended up just being like a just a Marvel movie. <laughs> it ended up just being like a slightly above average Marvel movie. Mm -hmm. And yeah. like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm hoping that for like, I'm probably not gonna watch two in theaters because I don't. You're not gonna watch what? The like Black Panther two in theaters. Oh. But like, hopefully they they try something new, considering that they made like a billion and a half dollars or some crazy stuff. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Black Panther, it's just, you know, one of those epic moments in history yeah. <laughs> for black cinema. Like, you know, you don't get that very often. Um, it was their best opening weekend. Yeah. Until Infinity War came out. And then right, right. Well, you know. Of course. <laughs> like, it's Infinity, it was Infinity, Infinity War. Infinity War, exactly. Um, yeah, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, hopefully... I mean, I think it, as well as that did, as well as Black Panther did, as well as the Joker has done, as well as Crazy Rich Asians has done, I, I, the hopefully somebody's got to be paying attention and saying, oh. Yeah. People I mean, want crazy stories about whatever you think about Crazy Rich Asians, right? Whether you okay. liked it or you didn't no, like it. No, I liked it, it. I liked it. It did well. Yeah. Right? As a film. It did way better than they it expected. Did really well. Um, and that... You know, we all are going to have our own personal critiques, especially as filmmakers, about all of these films and all of these stories yeah. that come out. But, but it's also like more people of color on the screen. Yeah. Why would you um, ever want a movie? Why would you ever want a, any specific movie to fail? And why would right. you ever want a movie that is going to impact your future career, like in a positive light, mm -hmm. possibly just fail? You know what I mean? Right. No, I think it, it's the you're hoping people are paying attention and that scripts that come through the door that are introducing new ideas or introducing stories that p different types of people um, yeah. are heard more loudly. <laughs> yeah, like when like um, Moonlight, when I came out, mm -hmm. it was a big deal for like, I feel like now we're just talking about like black movies, <laughs> but um, Moonlight came out and it was a big deal for like a good reason because mm -hmm. hey, it's 
a, a phenomenal movie. Like, that was not a Hollywood movie. That was like Annapurna. That's yeah, really but small. like that's a small project. You and know then it mean? just gained traction. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it got an award. Because it's great. I mean, it's a great film. Barry Jenkins um, took him forever to make that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he had like a Sundance hit, and then didn't do anything for a while. Then came with Moonlight. So it's, but it's like not that he didn't have ideas for a long time. I don't, you know, did, it just takes a while for, for him to movies. take that long to make that. You know, sure. And, you know, things take a while. Yeah. Like Things when you don't have a, like a Warner Bros or like a Netflix or something throwing like millions and millions of dollars mm-hmm. behind it and you got to do it yourself. It's yep. like, it takes okay. years. There's yeah. people who've taken like 10 years to make a singular movie. Yep. And it like, does. I don't know. Like in the, like independent films are a little bit more, um, like, like just, it's just a given that like they're a little bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because like, the story, they're just willing to take more risks, and the stories mm-hmm. that they're willing to tell are usually, like, a little bit more just cooler. Mm-hmm. Like, um, wait, is Good Time independent? Like, the Safety Brothers? Uh, Probably. I don't know who's behind that, actually. Um, because they, they actually just released a trailer for... Um, Their other film? Yeah. Yeah, that was at uh, Toronto as well. I didn't get to see it. Wait, but like it played? Like it's already been oh, shown? Oh, the Safety Brothers? Yeah. Film? Yeah, yeah, it played at Toronto. Wow. Well, these films premiere, especially independent ones, they generally premiere at a festival before they're released. Yeah, and then like so they could um, try and get awards and mm-hmm. such. Did it win anything? Uh, I don't know what run at Toronto. We can look that up too. Yeah, because like that could be kind of cool. Yeah, A24. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Oh, it only did four point one billion at the box office. I mean, how much did it cost to make? Uh, I'm not sure. Let's see. Cause like, four point one million is pretty good for most movies, at least. Like most like to pull small in at the movies. Box office? I mean, yeah, like most small like movies. A A twenty four movies, they don't. It's not like they have huge budgets behind Mm-mm. them. They usually are not big. Um, yeah, for esti- it's it's estimated four point five million dollars. Mm. Yeah, so it may have lost movie. I mean, lost movie, lost money. Even though it's a good film. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, <coughs> it's uh, so a lot of times films are great. We love them, yeah. but they. <coughs> and I bet you. It looks like I'm looking at the box. I don't, you know, how much it's probably made and like yeah. VOD, like you know and what I mean. And all, like right, that. all, all the platforms it's been on uh, since. Um, it may have probably broke even probably. or come close to it. Yeah. But it didn't stop them from getting <laughs> to make more films. That's for sure. Because they're they make so, good movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people make good movies, but you know. Yeah. Fundraising is hard. Like. Because now we live in an age where people can just go fund me their own movies. Kind I was, of. I was uh, there was a moment where people could do that. Yeah. The <clears throat> moment has passed. But, like, people <laughs> who are, like, already kind of famous. Like, I was talking about this. It might have been last episode or the one before. But, like, like just a YouTuber, like a Shane Dawson or something like that, could just put out a GoFundMe and be like, yo, I want to make a movie. I need a million dollars. Mm-hmm. And because they just have so many. Supporters. Yeah. yeah. Like, they'd probably get it to it yep for sure and then like i don't know like i feel like it's a really unique space in time where like internet celebrities not not to like lessen their value as celebrities but like are on the same playing field as like a kim kardashian not not Mm -hmm. because she's like super famous but like a on the same playing field as like a robert patterson or something like that we're like Mm -hmm. they're equally important in terms of the eyes of the public uh yeah internet influencers like social media influencers type Mm -hmm. people yeah, particularly for young people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you're under 30, 100%. Like, um, especially considering that, like, which one, like, award shows and things like that, like, to cater to the young people because mm-hmm. those are the future, of course. So, yeah. like, they're, like, they want to have all these, like, YouTubers and Instagram influencers and stuff like that yeah. in their content, like, yeah. in their award shows or whatever. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even when we were talking about, I feel like Sprite had – isn't one of their influencers a yeah, Instagram yeah, yeah. or a yeah Jay Versace started yeah, on like yeah, Instagram yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, exactly. either Instagram or Twitter yeah for sure and like so, now he's doing yeah, Sprite commercials right that's and at White and Kennedy they're like right we've worked with him so you know yeah there is definitely power you guys have that power and it's probably one of the the best uses of everything that your generation has at its disposal is the power to market 
and the skill to know how to like market and promote your ideas and yourself in a way that like people my age never had. Yeah. Um, I was telling I don't know, I was telling students in class last week how my kids, um, my to my two year old, literally, if I put my phone up to take a picture of her mm-hmm. she immediately poses and she knows her good side and everything and she has the same exact pose every time and it's just like to the side because yeah. she knows she has like dimples and she'll be like this and then she'll be like let me see it you know and i'm like you're two like yeah but she's just grown from birth she has understood the camera she's understood how to how to engage the camera and then how to because like, kids like grasp technology so fast it's insane but like for me and in high school, if someone was like, oh, take a picture of yourself, we would have all, I feel like in high school, we'd have been like, oh, no, nah, like, no, nah, like, we don't, like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, so quickly it went from the self-conscious, like, we were all super self-conscious. We always, our lens was always facing outward. Today, the lens is always facing inward. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think it, it's, you, you guys have this, a sense of self, a sense of self-promotion, a sense of, you know, your own brand and your own platform like very very young and that's something i think for people my age we had to like come become comfortable with yeah later um but yeah like i'm so curious as like my kids are a lot younger than you so like what are they going to do when they're teenagers who knows like what what even their life is going to be like but but it's interesting you have a lot of tools to work with and and this is gonna you're just gonna gain access to them more and more as time goes on yeah so I can't wait to see what you guys, how you guys shake things up in the next like ten years. What the impact you guys will have on the industry and cinema and Hopefully. media. You will. You have to because I mean, you'll be all that's left at a certain point. <laughs> like you have, you will have an impact. What it is, I don't yeah. know yet. Okay. Um. So, just left to be determined. Yeah. But you want to wrap it up. Yeah, I'm done. Is there anybody? Yeah, is there anybody you want to shout out? Like, say hello to? Not like say hello, but like, I don't know. Like, anybody you want to mention? Anybody specifically I want to mention? Or anything? Well, I Mm. will say, um, I'm really, really proud of the kids that go to film school. Mm hmm for being risk takers, I think, in a really great way, for challenging us and pushing us and forcing us as teachers and educators and also filmmakers to be better. And, um, you know, you guys are are the future in a way, so we feel, like, very privileged to be able to, like, work with you guys and, and see what you guys do. So, again, like, I'm excited for you and all that you guys will contribute to the world hopefully make it better i mean yeah hopefully they at least make movies better well i think start um, there and then but i think also like just yeah there's movies but also conversations interesting conversations yeah force people out of their corners um so we'll see okay thanks Jaleel. well thank you this for coming fun awesome thank you thank you all right did i did i sleep I'm going to sleep, I'm going to sleep, just in case.